Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Hi, I'm Jimmy Evans, co-host of the Marriage Today podcast. Today we have a great teaching for you that I pray helps you to grow your marriage and blesses you as you seek to center your marriage on Christ. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to be notified of every new show. God bless you. for you this morning called God's Perfect Plan for Marriage. And I want to talk to you about the fact that God has a plan for marriage that is absolutely perfect. It works 100% of the time. Now, back in 1930, 83% of adult Americans were married. Today, about 45% of adult Americans are married. And we know that there's been an attack on marriage, an attack on the family. And many people today are wondering, does, does marriage work anymore? I mean, can you make it in marriage? And, and I'm telling you, you have a 100% chance of success in marriage when you do it God's way. The reason that marriage isn't working in our society is because we have thrown the Bible away. But I remind you that marriage was not created by a lawyer or a legislature or a lonely Neanderthal. <laughs> marriage was created by God. And God gave us the instruction manual for marriage, and it's called the Bible. And when we do marriage according to the Bible, it works every single time. Now, Ephesians 5, uh, if you'll turn there, if you have a Bible or your phone or iPad or however you read the Bible, Ephesians chapter 5 is the most revelatory text on earth concerning marriage. It's the place in the Bible where God just kind of parts the curtains and shows us exactly the reason that he created marriage and the way that it works. So Ephesians 5, we're gonna begin in verse 21, which is an incomplete sentence, but it's a very important incomplete sentence. It says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, is also Christ, is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Now, this is God's perfect plan for marriage, the most revelatory text in the Bible concerning marriage, and Christians don't like it. And um, I've been, I started as a marriage counselor 40 years ago in 1982. And in 40 years of helping people in marriage, I've never read Ephesians 5 to anyone. And they said, that just blessed me, Jimmy. That just, <laughs> I really, I really, read that again, Pastor Jimmy, would you? No, I never had that. 
Uh, and so, but interestingly, we like what it says about our spouse. We just don't like what it says about us. Now that's interesting, isn't it? Because women love the concept of a sacrificial servant husband. Every woman loves that. They want their husband to lay their life down the way that Jesus did the church. They love that. And every man loves the concept of having a submissive wife. If a man doesn't know any other scripture, he knows that one. And so when Karen and I first got married, I was 19 years old, just a complete idiot. And uh, we, we would get in a fight. And I didn't know any of the Bible, but we'd get in a fight. And I would say, you know, the Bible says, woman, that you're supposed to submit to me. It was a near-death experience. I saw the tunnel, the bright light, the whole thing. Sister got mad. So we love what it says about our spouse, and we use our spouse as an excuse of why we don't want to do this. And so women would say something like, well, I would submit to my husband as the Lord if he acted anything remotely like Jesus, acts more like the devil. And God has called me to keep that man humble. I can't, I can't respect him like that. And, Men say, well, if I show her any weakness at all, I'm going to be doing housework all night while she's sipping herbal tea in the bathtub. <laughs> I cannot show her any weakness whatsoever. So understand this. There is no plan B. There's only plan A. There's no, it, you either do it this way or it doesn't work. So this is God's perfect plan for marriage. So what I want to try to show you in this message is why this is God's perfect plan for marriage and why this will work for you. So number one, the roles in Ephesians 5 make us attractive to our spouse and cause them to open their hearts to us, okay? So when you do what this says, it makes you attractive to each other. Now, I'm gonna begin with women. The number one need that men have is respect. Uh, this is our mega need. We need respect. We're very, very sensitive in our egos. Men are as sensitive in their egos as women are physically. And sometimes women say, you're, you're just a big baby. We really are. <laughs> we're just big babies. And so we're very sensitive. So the Bible says, talk to your husband, tr treat your husband the way uh, that you would Jesus. And I want to say, the reason I started with an incomplete sentence is the incomplete sentence said this, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So when the Bible tells a woman to submit, the way that that verse, the way that that text is constructed is it says, submit to one another in the fear of God. Women, here's how you do it. Men, here's how you do it. So Karen and I never talk about who the boss in our family is because Jesus Christ is the boss of our family. And so this does not subjugate a woman under a man. Women and men are complete equals. Okay. This just tells you how the relationship is to function and submission is an attitude because it's going to talk about it here in 1 Peter 3. We're about to read. This is 1 Peter 3, talking to wives. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. There it is there. Do not let your ornament be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be in the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Any terror. And so it says there, this, the, this is speaking to a woman who has a husband who's being disobedient to the Bible. And it says, be submissive to your own husband. This is an attitude. So that even if he is disobedient to the word, you can win him without a word as he observes your chaste and respectful behavior. So here's what ladies need to understand about respect. 
it is so powerful to a man will change our behavior for it. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It says, if you have a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Now, ladies... Y'all are beautiful, you just can't help it. You're just beautiful. But there's an outward beauty and there's an inward beauty. This is talking about an inward beauty that makes your husband attracted to you and it's called a gentle and quiet spirit. And there's a lot of you ladies that would say, you know, Jimmy, I'm just not a mousy woman. I mean, God gave me a strong personality and I'm I'm just not that little, you know, gentle and quiet person. Well, gentle and quiet is not a mousy woman. Gentle and quiet is the opposite of rough and loud. If you get rough and loud with your husband, you're gonna lose ground. So it's talking about respect here. Okay, so gentle and quiet is not the spirit of a mousy woman. Gentle and quiet is the spirit of a woman who believes that her God is able to change her husband. And so you're you're your husband's complete equal. Okay, you can say anything you want to your husband. Uh, There's no question about that. The question is this, are you the enforcer or is the Holy Spirit the enforcer? Okay, you can say anything you want to say, but you say it with a gentle and quiet spirit. And so what you do is you go to your husband and you say to him, uh, honey, I love you very much. You're a hunk. And you put that in there and don't leave that out. I think you're the biggest hunk in the world. But honey, I want you to come home more. You're, you're spending too much time at work. I want you to be home with me. I want you to be with, with the kids, whatever. And your husband may not give you the response that you're looking for. And so what you do is you very sweet, very respectful, and then you get in your prayer closet and you seek Jesus on it. See, you're sweet in person and you're violent in prayer. And so this is, this is what changed our marriage. When I, was, when I was being a terrible husband, Karen went to a, a Bible study and the woman that was head of the Bible study was teaching uh, the women how to pray for their husbands. And so Karen, I was a horrible husband. We almost divorced after three years of marriage. And Karen came home and prayed a prayer, and here was the prayer that she prayed. Lord, I'm gonna stop trying to change Jimmy. I'm just gonna love him, and I'm gonna let you change him. And that's what saved our marriage. That's what turned my heart around. And so respect makes you so attractive to your husband, and he will change his behavior for that because you're giving him what what he needs the most. So let me talk about women just a minute. The number one need of a woman is security. This is the mega need of women, women need respect, but they need security. And nothing makes a woman feel more secure than a sacrificial, selfless husband. Nothing makes a woman feel more insecure than a selfish, detached husband. And so the Bible tells men to sacrificially lay their lives down for their wives and to nourish and cherish them. So when a man does what Ephesians 5 is saying, it's giving a woman what she needs the most is very attractive. And so they did a survey and they asked women, this is the University of Washington, they asked women, when is your husband most attractive to you? 
And they've done this survey many times. And women's, one of the women's most common responses is, he's most attractive to me when he's doing housework. I'm most attracted to him when he's doing housework. Um, and then they did a study at the University of Pennsylvania, University of California. This, they were testing the effects of male sweat on women. And uh, they took women and they wired them up so that they could physiologically register their response to the male sweat. And they took male sweat and they put it on women's upper lips. They put it on their lip. Now that grosses women out. They, they didn't tell them it was male sweat. They told them it was a household product that they were testing. <laughs> Now later, when the women found out, some researchers died. <laughs> but we appreciate their sacrifice. And so they put the sweat on women's upper lips. Every single time that women were under the influence of male sweat, they relaxed, they were happy, and they felt romantic. So, so let's review. They asked women, when's your husband most attractive to you? They said, when he's doing housework. Then they tested the effects of male sweat on women, very, very positive. So let me give the interpretation of that to all the husbands here. And that is, you're just a clean house away from the night of your dreams. <laughs> clean the house, walk by, let her smell you, go do some more cleaning. Okay. So isn't it amazing, isn't it amazing that God built us so that when we do the right thing, we're attracted to each other. Let me say this another way. Your spouse is wired by God to reward you every time you do the right thing. Every time a woman respects her husband, he's wired to reward you. Every time a man sacrificially serves his wife, she rewards him.